Get road trip ready with a service checkup at your local Chevy dealer. They can save you time and money and get the job done right the first time, worry-free. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for current service specials or to schedule a test drive. Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time. We met right after college. Yeah, and our first jobs as radio producers. We spent our 20s as win-women for each other, and it didn't work out very well. But then it did. And we found the right guys and stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. So we went from producers to reproducers. We make it look easy. Which brings us to this podcast. We want to discuss topics that interest us and you and provide some knowledge to other average parents. We're average, not experts. So we'll tackle these topics with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, we'll get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way. Yeah, after season one, I'm pretty sure we already have. So welcome to Apparently. We make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and take a look. Apparently, there's a word in education that is very polarizing. Like, every kid or parent has their own take on it, their own opinions. Can you guess what it is? Um, no. <laughs> it's in education now. Homework. The uh. word homework. Homework is not only a source of stress for students, but it's for... Right, hello, me right here? Yeah, me yeah. too. For a parent. It can be very stressful for parents, too. I've heard it all. I've heard stories about parents who are like, oh, my kid's up all night doing homework. They're trying to be perfect and they're stressed out. And and then I hear the opposite where it's like a tug of war. And I have one friend that as soon as August rolls around, they are literally like, oh, summer's over. And now the struggle and the tug of war over and nagging about homework begins. Yep. And so... um. You know, a lot of kids think that when the bell rings at the end of the day, too, like, dude, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I've been in school. I've been at my job all day. I want to go home and I want to play Fortnite or swing <laughs> or go ride my bike or play soccer with my friends. Right. So it's, it's really a tug of war and it creates a stress on a, a mother, father, parent or son, daughter relationship. Right. Um, I got to tell you, we were just talking about this uh, from the backseat of the car. My kids were lamenting the homework. Uh, Soph is in seventh grade. Um, she's got about two hours a night. What? Sometimes three hours a night. Part is of- she like, is she like dilly-dallying? Is she like not a good time manager? No, it's, um, she cannot, so she's got a teacher who assigns projects ahead of time. So he'll say on October 3rd, these six assignments are due. Okay. And he assigns them, you know, with like a, a two weeks of of time, but she cannot have that hanging over her head. So she, oh, I love her. She, That's I, me. Yes, yes. I am raising you, <laughs> um, but she has to do them. But then also, she can't let them go. So she'll get it done. And so, like most kids, get a project done and then it's done, right? But okay. she has to do it, and then she has to revisit it. So she'll spend the two weeks on the six projects full time because she has she can't let them go. Meanwhile, Hannah is like me and she operates under the threat shocker. of deadline yeah shocker um so she should have about half an hour a night fourth grade okay but she waits until thursday and then she has three hours on thursday because she's got to get all done oh, by Friday. So you're like yeah. doug yeah uh, yeah <laughs> we married <laughs> yeah each our, other yes. yeah exactly um so this is something i think would be super helpful 
what if the teacher recorded the lesson, like the lecture? I used to be a, a lecturer at Northwestern. They recorded that and played it, and the kids watched the lecture at home, and then they did the work in the classroom. Yeah, that's called flipping the classroom. It, Have you ever? It's a thing? It's a thing. It's a term, yeah. We we use it in our district. Um, one, My daughter's teacher in third grade would make YouTube videos with the math like the math lesson and they the homework that night was to watch the video and then they actually did the work the next day also if you told a kid homework is watching youtube it would be like a party yeah because you i mean well not exactly i mean you're doing decimals or fractions you're not watching minecraft videos or something like that <laughs> that's true but but i'm saying like you know if, if they could get the lesson at home and then do the work in the classroom with your teacher alongside you as a guide yeah who knows how to do it as opposed right. to m- me yes exactly i'm totally conflicted about homework because you know when i hear you tell stories about two hours of homework okay we don't have that in our school, um, you know, which is why we're doing this topic, um, because there's research out there that says, you know, homework is not it doesn't do anything. And and so there's a lot of people that believe uh, education, believe that homework is unnecessary in the elementary school level. And so um, part of me is like, gosh, I just wish a math worksheet would come home every once in a while to like reiterate what they worked on. Or I have this like keeping up with the Joneses. I feel like if you're if you're doing it, then oh my gosh, what is my kid missing? Because I'm not getting it. Does that mean my kid's not getting all the stuff that they should be getting? Does that make sense? What I mean? So you're. It's like envy. Like it's not because I think I really want the homework, but I feel like well, gosh, if everybody else is doing it, then why aren't mine? And then you wonder what's wrong with what my situation. Is. And then your kids will never go to college. <laughs> Right. Um, by the way, Tracy, like, be careful what you wish for, because I officially am not smarter than a middle schooler. And when Soph brings home her math homework now, which is algebra, and I took algebra, I took calculus, but I killed those brain cells deliberately. Yeah. And um, I have to now Google when she brings home. She's like, can you help me with this? I'm like, let me just Google it because I can't figure out how to do her math. Totally. And if she needs help, I'm the one giving it to her because... She's got to turn it in. Yeah. And her teacher could help her. But yeah, because dad's not home when we're doing homework. No. So it falls on me. And, you know, I went into journalism <laughs> for, in a college for a reason because there would be no math. Yeah. So that happens to me, too. I literally on the story problems that like Ethan will bring home. I'll just literally type in the whole sent the whole paragraph and ta da. All of a sudden there'll be like worksheets or it'll be that exact problem that somebody's already solved. So I look at it on the side. I don't let Ethan see it. I'm like. Okay, 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 here, Ethan, and I act like I know what I'm doing, even though I just totally cheated and worked backwards. And also, we we should make sure they never know that they could just Google their homework. Uh, You know, well, I think he actually does already, but there's an app that you can take a picture of the problem. Are you kidding me? No, for real. I I have to figure out which one it was. Ethan was talking about (laughs) Oh, God. So, how much is too much or too little? According to the National PTA and the National Education Association, students should only be doing, this is what I read, about 10 minutes of homework per night per grade levels. Okay. So, so 70 minutes for our big kids. Yep. And teens are, but, but teens are doing more than that. Cause I saw one poll that said the teens were reporting on average more than three hours of homework every night. 
And that's on top of, think about it, these kids don't get out of school because they're in and after soccer, volleyball, basketball, lacrosse, all these things. They're not starting their homework until 9 o'clock at night. Really? It's it's so ridiculous. I, don't, I mean, we all go to work. And we get to come home, and for the most part, I mean, sometimes, you know, Doug will come home and do more work when he comes home, but for the most part, you can close the door, and you start fresh the next day. So why is, should it be any different for kids? I don't know. They're kids, after all. They're not, like, you can't go backwards. You're Once you're an adult, you, you can't go back, so why can't they just enjoy themselves and and enjoy their time after and school? And there has to be some benefit from the unprogrammed time where they get to either build a lego hut yeah or um color color draw yeah play music whatever youtube (laughs) (laughs) minecraft videos so we're going to talk to a leading researcher dr harris cooper at duke university where he's now a distinguished professor in the department of psychology and neuroscience he's also author of a book called it's perfect because this is my house the battle over homework Common Ground for Administrators, Teachers, and Parents. So he's basically the the leader in homework research. Dr. Cooper, thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. So I was doing some research about you. I've read some of your studies um, and wanted to ask. So based on the PTA and the NEA's recommendation of 10 minutes per homework per grade level, would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And, and when we look at, at, at the evidence, whether it's um, uh, experimental studies or uh, correlational studies, the benefits of homework generally disappear. They, don't, they, they top out um, at the NEA recommendations. And I should say that the NEA recommendations are actually uh, uh, teachers' um, law. That they've it's been used for decades, um, and it's I think it's based on sound developmental principles. Because they're in the classroom and they know, <laughs> right? Because they've seen it. They've yes. seen it how it works. And homework, like so many things, can have positive effects and it can have negative effects. And if you give too much, that's too hard. Um, it has negative effects. If you give just the right amount, it has positive effects. And obviously, if you don't give it at all, it has no effect at all. All right. So, uh, Doctor, I, I read an article in Salon that says you compiled 120 studies in 1989 and another 60 studies in 2006. And the analysis of these studies found, and I'm now quoting this, no evidence of academic benefit at the elementary level. So what, what, did, what did those studies find? Was it negative to give homework at elementary school? No. That's actually, that's actually a misinterpretation. Okay. okay? The, there was a very small relationship, and that's a correlation between the amount of homework kids reported doing or their parents said they doing or teachers said they assigned and how well they were achieving at school. But because it's a correlation... It can be influenced by lots of things other than the homework achievement relationship. For example, it could be influenced by the achievement homework relationship. Give the exact same assignment to two kids who are doing much differently, have much more uh, facility at academic tasks or less facility, and it's going to take the kid who's achieving poorer 
longer to do the homework. That influences correlations. That's true whether it's little kids, middle schoolers, or high school kids. There's a bunch of other studies where homework is actually manipulated, which means the teacher gives homework to some kids for a lesson and other kids don't get homework for that lesson. And even as early as the second grade, the kids who do homework for the lesson do better on the unit test. The example that I use that everybody remembers, or at least from my generation, did was spelling tests. Oh, yeah. Right? We did a spelling test, and if you had a, had a final test on Friday, your teacher sent the words home with you on Thursday, you sat with your parents or with whatever, your brother, older brother, or on a flashcard, and <laughs> flash you practiced. Are... Yeah. And the kids who practice do better than the kids who don't. It's not rocket science. So do you believe homework is necessary? Uh, I believe homework is necessary. Um, but it, it's also it's necessary not just for achievement. And again, remember that we're talking about the right amount of homework at the right level of difficulty. Okay? So for even a first or a second grader, even a kindergartner in some circumstances, occasionally, to bring home from some schoolwork um, helps them generalize. It helps them see that they don't just learn things at school, they learn them at home. It also shows them, if the homework is constructed properly, that the things they're learning at school have applications to things they enjoy doing at home. So you talked about a, um, a soccer team. How many shots on goal were there? What was the percentage of goals scored? What's your batting average in Little League? Little things like that will indicate good homework assignments that use that kind of stuff from a kid's environment. will show the kid, hey, this percentages, this division really is something that I use every day and I ought to be good at. I want to be good at. Yeah, it's relatable. So that's one of the other things. Absolutely. That's one of the things that, that homework does. The other thing it does is it creates a very important link between parents and the school. I know you're rolling your eyes and saying, yeah, what it does is it makes us angry at the school. But if it's done correctly and at the right amount, it helps you understand where your child's strengths and weaknesses are. One of the most vivid memories I have about teaching, uh, about talking to parents about homework was with a group of parents who were the parents of kids who were going to be the first generation in their family to go to college. And after the, the talk was over, I had a pair of parents come up to me and say, homework has been fantastic for us. We want to tell you a story. When our child was in kindergarten, our teacher said, you know, your child may have a learning disability. And we were angry. We were defensive. We thought it was all the teacher's fault. In the first grade, when our kid brought home their homework assignment, we saw what the difficulty was, and it changed our mind. And now that child is the first child in that family to go to college. 
Wow. So it was identified so, through the home homeschool. Exactly. It keeps you informed. It keeps you in touch with your child's teacher. One of the things that scares me most about the elementary schools that are doing away with homework is that this link between teachers and parents will be gone. If the teachers do it right, if the parents are respectful of the educator, it can be a really important way for them to communicate about their child's strengths and weaknesses. Okay, so I have a question, though, because there are are people who don't like homework, and I think that there there are some negative aspects of homework. What if what if a kid is facing too much and it's causing angst and anti school feeling? Too much is too much, and if it's too much, you should complain. If it's too much, multiple parents will complain, and and either the amount will come down, or you'll discover that as as sad as this is, that sitting next to your child in class is the child of a parent who doesn't think kids get enough. Yeah. Okay? And the teacher is put in the middle. Mm. It's who, how do I handle this circumstance? This kid, this parent wants more, and this parent wants less. You can't win. Okay? (laughs) This is a facetious remark, okay? Um, so I'm sure it will be taken out of context. <laughs> but a teacher who, a teacher or an educator who has an equal number of parents complaining on both sides of the issue has probably figured out the right amount. That's true in media, too. We, uh, we joke that in, in radio, particularly, um, if the texters are equally angry about our political beliefs, then we know that we've done it right, because <laughs> no right. matter what you say, someone's going to take offense. And it's going to happen on both sides. If only one side is yelling, then you know you've done something wrong. Gotcha. You've got to adjust. So times have changed uh, over the years in terms of commitment level. In my opinion, my children are way more involved in after-school activities than I ever was. And Mm -hmm. do you think that schoolwork, like the balance between extracurricular and schoolwork, has made deciding a homework appropriate homework level difficult? Like, should homework, it, it, should it schoolwork has, take more precedence over extracurricular, or can there be a balance? It, it, there, ha, there has to be a balance in our kids' lives. There has to be time to just be kids and play. And if there's not that, then, then we're not uh, doing them a service. But let me, let me mention something else, which I suspect you've done a, a show on, and if you haven't, you should. The real culprit in eating our children's time is what? The real culprit. It's not homework, and it's not soccer or church or music. Screens. You guys know what it is. Screens. Screens. Of course, look at the amount of time and the change. If you think the amount of homework that teachers are assigning has increased, and it has, especially in the high school level, which I heard you guys talk about, um, but, and, and in the earliest grades where reading is so important. But if you look at the dramatic increase in the amount of time that kids spend on, on screens and social media, you used the term for it um, about, about the way kids waste time. That involved a slightly off-color word. I can't remember what it was. 
I don't want to get it wrong. Um, but um, if, you, if you are really looking for what's responsible, it is the amount of time kids spend with social media, talking to their friends. Just, just, just spend the time of watching your children do it. And I'm, and I'm sure you will see it. It's enormous. I don't mean to be a, a, a defender of poor practices because poor practices ought to be changed. Homework is an easy target. Telling your kid to put the phone away is not an easy thing to do. Yes. You have trouble with the whining over homework. Imagine if you said no when at, at 7 o'clock at night, your phone goes away. They'll sleep better. It's yes. Get their homework done. Agreed. Well, that's that's a rule in my house, but I, I think I'm more of an exception than the rule <laughs> with uh, mm-hmm. putting the screens away. They are not allowed mm-hmm. after 7 o'clock and so on and so forth. So, although- I put my screen away at 7, uh, and, and, I, and I have students who I have an adage. I ask them a question. What email or message did you ever get at 7 o'clock at night that helped you go to sleep? Ooh, that's oh, a good one. Yeah, because you think about it. You can't go to sleep if you're, if you're ruminating. It doesn't matter if it's good news or bad news. Just turn it off at 7 and you will sleep better. On the other side of things, my kids don't get home till 7 many nights. And my 7th grader will use her screen to conference in other kids who are doing math or working on group projects. Is that not allowed? No, that's fine if that's truly what they're doing. And you know what? That's another example of why homework is important. Because so much of the work your 12-year-old will do when she's 22 will be of that kind of group and collaborative nature. Right. Yes. So she's practicing skills that she will use in the workplace. So I'm a fairly nerdy about education policies and, and topics. I follow a lot of different blogs like Education Week and um, kind of that niche. And I was reading a Time Magazine article that was mentioning a New York um, City public school that was eliminating homework assignments completely in favor of family time, like family dinners, going for walks with your family and all that sort, sort of stuff. And it, it met a lot of people that were very upset about it. But there was plenty on the other side that were, were for it. Do you think there's a, a momentum shift, so to speak, in the opposite there, direction? That, that happens periodically. So you can go through 100 years of debate about homework and find a time period where people said it's too much and a time period where people said it's too little. What's changed with us now is the use of the Internet and the fact that you can find those kinds of arguments going on at the same time. But if you go back in the history of homework, you will see in the, in the media that everybody read when it was just newspapers and three television stations <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everybody watched the same thing. It goes up and down and up and down. Okay, today you hear it all. Right. The folks who want what another thing that concerns me, besides the fact that they've that they've misidentified the real culprit that's stealing their their children's childhood, is that if you wait until a, a kid is 12 to start giving them homework, you're going to have a hard time 
because one of the things that homework does is shape your behavior, that you learn study skills slowly, time management skills slowly, so that, and I know one of you has a seventh grader, if they had never had homework and were suddenly given an hour of homework to do a day, when what you care about them is, is going down in importance to them and what their friends care about them is going up in importance, mm-hmm, yep. how much more difficult is it going to be for them to learn how to study anywhere else but school? Yep. It teaches responsibility. I, I, I wanted to say something also. You said some really uh, cool things in the introduction, and one of you talked about the two different kinds of procrastinators. <laughs> um, I, wanted, I wanted to tell, I, I don't know which one of you said about your daughter who comes home and has a week-long assignment and does it in uh, two days and then revises it and revises it and revises it. That was me. This is Anne. I, yeah. I, want you to, uh, I want you to know I am the same way. <laughs> There's hope for her. Yeah, maybe she'll grow up and be a doctor. Maybe she will, because there is a there's a level of of thought and rethought and critically thinking about what you wrote before and making it better. That that kind of approach to long term assignments uh, can can result in a in a better product. One of the things that teachers can do for both of your, uh, your different types of procrastinators is to take, especially in the earliest grades when the assignments start to get more distant, you know, when somebody says that t- instead of do this tonight, it becomes this is due in a week. Yeah. Yep. For the teacher to break the, the assignment down into parts so that, uh, and they don't, get, they don't have to get turned in, but touch but bases. it tells the kid, by this night, you should be this far along. Yep. And if the teacher will do that, it teaches the student how to manage their time. Parental uh-huh. support. Parental support is super important. And I know at my house, yes, we sit at the dining room table um, and the kids do their homework while I'm sitting with them. That does not happen everywhere. And is it a problem when one kid is getting mom's undivided attention and another kid is coming home and mom and dad are not there and are not there to help? Um, and probably another kid's got a mom who's doing the homework for her because mom wants uh-huh. the kid to do well. Um, what do you think about that? Um, there, there are uh, Homework is not the great equalizer, and I have written that. Okay, it goes home. That's one of the reasons why it's probably the most complicated pedagogical strategy that teachers use. Because every assignment, even if it's the same assignment, goes home to a very different environment. Correct. Okay, and that the the parent and and it's not necessarily economically related. Yeah. It is to a certain degree. There are certain resources available. Okay, but. Um, uh, when it comes to paying attention to the children and their needs, you can find uh, parents who overdo it and parents who ignore their kids at every economic level. Okay? There are different ways for parents to be involved, and they, they really run from trying to be a teacher, at least in the earliest grades, you know, before it turns into geometry and yeah. our kids have no idea we have no idea what our kids are doing yeah um 
it, it, it runs from being a teacher to being the stage manager, to, to really fade into the background, make sure the kid has what they need to do their homework, that they have the kind of place they like to do it, and then get out of the way and see how well they do on their own. That's called autonomy training. Right. Uh-huh. And it's one of the things that can be really important when kids go away to college. They don't, and suddenly if mom stood over them the whole time, they don't know what they're going to do. Yep, they're hosed when they so get to college. They don't have the skill set to, to be prepared. They for don't have the skill set. They can't figure out, you know, can I, can I study in my room? Should I go to the library? If somebody walks up and says, hey, let's go watch the football game, can I say no? That kind of thing deals with autonomy of learning. And, and parents should recognize that as kids grow older, they ought to be left more to their own devices. One other thing, just really quick. I had an older son, four years older than our daughter, three years older than our daughter. Uh-huh. And when, when we ran out of the steam for geometry, uh, we used our son mm-hmm. to help our daughter. Sure. They, they, and, they work together? It, it that worked, doesn't work in my it, house. It, well, it, the way it worked in our house was our son said, what's in it for me? What was in it? Money? Said, well, well, there were, there were uh, who's doing the dishes? <laughs> there were, can I go to this this weekend? There were, other, there were those kinds of things that, that he knew he could bargain and help his baby sister do her geometry homework. That's funny. So in some ways, the homework is more than just learning the times tables and, and, the, and the vocabulary. It's, it's, you're learning a discipline. You're learning life skills. Exactly. And skills that will help you in college and your profession. You've mentioned them. Yep. Collaboration, all that stuff. Like when exactly. stuff was working with other. Thank you so much. I, it's, it's a very uh, polarizing topic, even amongst my small circle of mom friends. When we're out at a soccer match or something, we, we'll be like talking and lamenting about homework loads and, and how, how long somebody mm-hmm. takes to do this or that. So it can be a very... Um, it can be a very polarizing or hot topic. It is. It, it can be. But it's also been around almost as long as formal education itself. Yes. And it may, you know, it, it waxes and wanes to a certain degree. But if you, you can look back to the Eisenhower years and you will, will be surprised at how national surveys suggest the amount of homework that kids are bringing home really hasn't changed that much. A little bit in the earliest grades because we now know how important it is for reading. And in the, at the upper grades because of the pressure that kids are feeling to get into um, select college of their choice. So, so in those two extremes, there has been a bit of an uptick. But otherwise, it's been 70 years. Teachers have been pretty much doing the same thing. But you're also saying if, if a parent thinks it's too much, if it is three hours a night, the parent has the right to approach the teacher and say, let's make some accommodations or how can we limit this? Because kids yes. shouldn't be doing three hours, right? Yes. And it's important that to do it um, uh, beginning with the sentence, we both have the best interests of my child right. in mind. Yes. Right. And I'm not here to accuse you of anything. Sure. I yes. want you to know 
how this is going down in my house. We need your help. It's usually and if you approach it that way, then the teacher, then the, then a good educator will respond appropriately. Yes, in my school, in our case at curriculum night, they talked about homework, and they said if you're experiencing difficulties at home, just talk to us, and we'll we there. You should not be sitting up all night, or you should not be teaching your kid this lesson yep. at home. So um, they were very open and honest and collaborative at that curriculum night for us. So. Thank you Great. so much. To hear it. Thank you so much for talking to us, Dr. Cooper. Uh, we really appreciate all your knowledge and research from um, all your years of research. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, apparently, there's no silver bullet to proclaim homework is imperative or not. You can argue both sides of the topic. Yeah, I thought he was going to be anti-homework, so I'm I'm mildly surprised and a little disappointed <laughs> because I'm I think homework is. There's a lot going on, but um, n- knowing that we can approach teachers and say, "This is how it's going down at my house." We both have the best interests of our, you know. I, he had good advice. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and what you think about homework. Yeah, so shoot us an email at apparentlypodcast at gmail dot com, or check out our Facebook page, or give us a call at three three one seven zero four zero zero four six. So, Anne, uh, yeah. you know, in this new season, we we started the new idea of a timeout. Can can we have a timeout? Yes. Do you like my bell sound effect? That's awesome. Uh, I wanted to update you on one of our very first episodes about Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. A funny thing happened in the last two weeks. Uh, we were meeting up with friends at their house. And when we got there, the kids all scattered off into the family room or whatever, and the adults went back to the um, kitchen and the mom says to me um, don't worry I I told the kids not to talk about Fortnite so that, <laughs> did she listen to your podcast or something uh, uh, yeah she did so she said <laughs> I, I I told them not I told them not to talk about Fortnite and to just not play it until you guys leave and I was like oh my gosh I started laughing and Doug's laughing and I was like don't worry about it actually uh, he is already playing it and so after we had um, the woman from the Social Institute, we actually literally downloaded the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made a separate page of some more parameters because that was more broad strokes like policy in the house. But then we we went and talked about how long um, and some other things about rules for the house. And we all signed it. It's sitting in the kitchen. <laughs> and he's playing. Is he behaving? Everything is is going very well. He knows when I shout, hey, time's up. He it has not been a struggle because I have You've got the it contract <laughs> and his, his John Hancock right there on the, on the page. Like he signed it. And so I can whip it out at a moment's notice if, if there is any um, pushback. That's, so that's fantastic. So to all our friends out there who think that there's no Fortnite in the Weiner house, I just want you to know. It's no longer taboo. So, meanwhile, I, I wanted to let you know I've been playing with him, and he's not very good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're no. talking to him on the. He- <laughs> yeah, I'm on the headset. You know, his, his- I'm, I'm inviting him into chat rooms. <laughs> uh, well, no, you better not, because that's part of the contract. <laughs> no, that's great. That's that's progress. Yeah. So I just wanted to follow up because that was many episodes ago, and so he's playing, and it's life is good. My favorite line from that episode is when you talk about possibly running around with $100 bills <laughs> taped to your body and no one would notice. Yes. That was a highlight for me. Yeah. 
<laughs> just that imagery. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. So anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. This is a WGN Plus podcast. I'm Tracy Weiner. And I'm Ann Johnsos. Thanks for listening to Apparently. We make it look easy. We make it look good.